Okay, so we are back. The Cold Oatmeal Podcast is back. Flying high after our conversation with Joe Short in episode number one. Season five is back. Carly has kicked us off already. Well done, Carly. I don't really know what possessed me to say that. The devil? I guess. I guess so. Oh. Uh. So, our guest today, the, the, the white whale of the, of the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, been trying to get him on here for a long time, Kurt Berryman, uh, lobbyist for the auto dealers of Michigan, is our guest. It's the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Yep, I got it all. We got it. So your, what do you want to do now? Was, why don't we do this at the beginning of the Kurt episode? Okay. We'll put, get Kurt, put Kurt to bed. Nighty night, Kurt. <laughs> and there's the intro. <laughs> so creepy. That was incredibly creepy. <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his desk. It's it's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the the ratio of, like, fruit to disgusting is, like, one to ten. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. There's nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and... Maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... See that! <laughs> so welcome back. This is, it's the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Yes, <laughs> They're it still is. laughing. Still is. This is Matt Resch, Resch Strategies team. I, we are a public affairs and a public relations firm in downtown Lansing, Michigan. I'm going to go around... Let's introduce ourselves. I, I'm going to let you do it since I forgot you at the end of Thank last time. Thank you. Nikki, Nikki O'Mara. Stephanie Vancouver. Nick DeLue is here. Carly Buell. Anna Heaton. Anna Heaton, the first. There you go. Anna in the house. Joe Bashi. Yes, so this is Rush Strategies. We are, I already said all that. I'm all discombobulated. It's from, it's from Carly's. Yeah, <laughs> it's from Carly's possessed voice that she threw us there at the beginning. Yeah, anyway. I won't do it again. So this is the Rush Strategies team, and you can find this podcast at our website at reststrategies.com. You can also find it on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Rest Strategies. Uh, this podcasts are on Apple and Spotify and other fine places. And you can follow us on the pod. The podcast has a Twitter account, too, at Cold Oatmeal Pod. So here we are. Joe Short, that was a good one. Many clicks, lots of clicks. A lot of people like Joe Short. That was a good one to kick off the season. People like beer. They do. Mm-hmm. Today, episode two, this is, this is someone Steph's been wanting to get on for a long time. And we've tried, and we've today we get it. Kurt Berryman. Kurt Berryman is lobbyist for the auto dealers of Michigan. Not only is he the lobbyist for the auto dealers of Michigan, he's one of Lansing's, and we didn't really even talk about this when, when he was here, but has been recognized as the top lobbyist um, for trade associations for in the MERS poll for the last, the last 12 years. Every survey I think that's been taken, he has been rated as the number one most effective individual lobbyist in the state capitol. Um, and I think when you talk to him or when you listen to our conversation, you may understand why. Yeah, it's impossible not to love Kurt Berryman. You really can't. Kurt Berryman. So, Kurt Berryman, you've made it finally to the Cold Oatmeal podcast. You've arrived I have all arrived. these years. I have been asking for you since day one. It's true well, story. And it's been a tough get. I got to say, I've, we've been turned down a, a couple of times from people. We won't mention names. But I've, we've been working this for like two and a half years. And at first you said no. And then you, you come back. And you said, come back. And so I said, came back again. Maybe. And you're three. Okay. Get me after the legislative session. But here we are. But Matt, Matt you know me. And I told you that <laughs> in my employment contract, it says I'm not allowed to talk to the media. So I had to really work through it. To make sure I wasn't, uh, you know, avoiding my contract, my employment contract, and well, so just take a picture of this room, and you will see that we are not not, not, me- the media. not media, no. <laughs> and I'm going to stick with that. And in that spirit, you know, I don't want to say anything that jeopardizes my employment. So if I insult or offend anybody today, uh, please do not hold it against my employer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Same for me. <laughs> deal. We got a deal. Man. We're starting off on the right foot. There we go. So I wanted to. I mean, we got the, we got the room here. We're kicking off season five. We're here in the, the second episode of the season. So I wanted to 
ask for you know people who know you here in town, they they know Kurt Berman, but <laughs> we do have people who listen who are not capital types, not Lansing types. How would you describe your Kurt Berryman to those folks who are not familiar with the Capitol? Boy, that's a t- tough one right off. All right. Before I get started, can, any Michigan State grads? Yes, here? me. Just one? Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to know how slow to talk. And <laughs> sim- are you a U of M person? How much to simplify. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually worse. I'm a C of U person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, so you should probably uh, speak a little faster. Yeah, I was for the MSU I was seeing, you know, math 055. So, you know, I, I don't know, Matt. I don't know that I've ever thought about that. I, I would, if I was going to use one word, I would say blessed, you know, because where I am today, I never would have thought uh, this is where I'd be. Um, I didn't grow up wanting to be a lobbyist. I think I wanted to be a pro football player, not a fireman or a policeman, but. I mean, you can see my size. You can still pull it off. Yeah, I'm 300 pounds. So <laughs> I, I can't run 20, 20 feet without having a cigarette. <laughs> the XFL is coming back. Yeah. So, you know, I how would I describe myself? You know, my family, like at family get-togethers, my mom passed, bless her soul. But, she, you know, she used to say that her son was a lobbyist and a lawyer and represented car dealers. That's the three most hated professions. <laughs> if, you, if you Google it, yeah. Yeah. in a year, it's top 10, three most hated professions. So I was the proud of, the pride of my family. Um, you know, I just, I try to be me, you know. I know that doesn't answer who's Kurt Berryman, but I, I've always tried to be myself, you know, act the same, you know, be honest, be a straight shooter dress really impeccably for <laughs> those that don't know me what I'm for those at, so, that don't know me right i mean for those that don't know you i mean lansing is a type is is a a place to i mean a lot of lobbyists dress really i mean they spend a lot of money on their clothes and i i'm sure that stevie ray Vaughan shirt you're sporting right now is is a, is is pricey but you 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 are <laughs> not, the re- first, not really the first meeting i think i ever remember attending with you was over at dykema the law firm and you walked in with a gas station attendance coat on that said Tim. Did it say Tim as the name? It said Gomez. That was <laughs> it said Gomez. I got that on eBay, though. It was a real thing. It was a real Gomez, by the way. But yeah, but you are you are proudly you. I mean, you there's no one no one like the, the character that you are walking around. You know, and I think that goes to my blessed comment. Mm-hmm. I you know I started in this town with Joanne Emmons, who. You know, I always used to say we'd give staff enough rope to hang themselves. <laughs> and while I worked for her, I was going to law school. And, you know, she was just kind of the person. She was a farm girl, you know, grew up on a farm. And, you know, as long as the work got done and you were competent and did what you were supposed to do, it really didn't matter what you wore. And I think she would appreciate it if I tucked my shirt in a few more times <laughs> or maybe washed my clothes a few more times. <laughs> A few more times, but you know, then after Joanne, I went to GCSI, and uh, that was a little different. I did have to suit up a little bit for that, but then you'll remember I went to Thad McCotter after oh, yeah. that, who let me pretty much wear anything, <laughs> <laughs> anything I wanted to wear, anytime I wanted to wear. And then you know, with with the dealers, it's they've been, you know, I don't know. I just I have to be me. I have to be comfortable, and I've tried to always be genuine. You know, and who I am, and I, a thousand dollar suit, it just hurts to buy one, <laughs> and it hurts. It doesn't really feel good to wear one. Not fa- that I can say I've worn one, but it doesn't not take a comfortable. Yeah, it hurts my fat beep <laughs> to wear one. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, that's talk about that Emmons crew because we had Rudell on here. Yeah, he, he, you know, he's shameless. He begs and begs and begs to get on this podcast. He finally. We had someone back out at the last minute, and so he got on at the end of last <laughs> season. So Riddell came on. He was part of that team, right? That was Holcomb he was, was a part of that team. Who else was on that, on that Emmons? Well, crew? first I got to get back at Peter. You know, he mentioned me a couple of times on oh, this yeah. podcast. He was actually pretty kind. I'm not going to be as kind. <laughs> Good. The floor, the floor is yours <laughs> to Peter, but uh, P- Peter Peter was with Emmons, and it started with I was. I wasn't even chief of staff. I was kind of like constituent relations doing legislative stuff. I was in tar- charge of interns and pages. Got a letter from Shepherd, Michigan, you know, 
this kid, Peter Riddell, um, just looking for any opportunities when he started MSU in the fall. He was still fresh right out of high school. So I call Peter, and he's picking up golf balls. He's shagging golf balls at that little golf course off 127 in Shepherd. Yep. You know, you've seen it oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Peter's in one of those carts shagging golf balls. And uh, he came immediately before he started school and was our page. Uh, we, we, were, we had a page to nominate. So Peter, Peter started as a page very shortly after he was king of the pages. <laughs> and, and then after, you know, he ended up working in our office. So That's a better name than calling him Sean Gailey, I think. King of the pages. Maybe. That may yeah, stick. I don't That's know it. if that bothers Sean being called Peter or Peter <laughs> being called Sean the most. But, yeah, you know, Joanne had a kind of a way with staff. I mean, if you look, Jim Holcomb. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, vice, Over at the Michigan vice Chamber. president at the Michigan Chamber, soon to be president. Uh, Alan Wilk, who's a partner oh, yeah. at Dykema oh, yeah. in their political department. Peter, who's a part- partner in Honigman right now. Uh, Eric Hinkst um, at Walmart. Mm-hmm. My uh, dear friend, rest in peace, Brad Henderson, yeah. who was a lobbyist in town, was on that staff. Patty Hertrich, who uh, is Thomas's chief of staff right now. Gene Lutherlow, who does political Senate work, you know, kind of the mm-hmm. Senate political person, and goes on and on. I mean, we've had people that are not in the, you know, not doing politics anymore in town, and she just had a great, great staff over the years. That is, Amy uh, Shaw, who yeah, works for a, the House, does legal work for the House, was on that staff. That's a crew. That's quite a crew. Do you guys ever get together? Do you ever have Emmons reunions? We have. We've had a couple of Emmons reunions. Uh, last one was probably a couple of years ago. I still keep in track, you know, keep in touch with Joanne. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to call her at least every couple of weeks. Facebook friends, you know, Facebook there friends you go. with her. And uh, yeah, she's doing good. Uh, yeah, it was a fun crew. Patty, I, I, Patty was the mother, mm-hmm. den mother. Yeah, that's that's quite a crew of, of, of dudes. There. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's usually you wouldn't put that group in, you know. Maybe maybe somebody thrown out of a strip club or something. Yeah, no. I think if you saw <laughs> the, you in a bar, the group of you in a bar, you yeah. would think that's yeah, that's that's trouble. <clears throat> but in the office, but so do you have a lobbyist hero? Someone that like you who you look to as someone you early on taught you the way to do this. Well, can I, I'll tell you my, I want to be a lobbyist story. Okay. So 1991, January, Joanne Emmons was just elected to the Senate. She replaced John Engler and uh, Peter Jaskoski was her first Senate chief of staff. And I was just like a constituent worker. I was very, you know, I ran the campaign. I worked on the campaign up in the district, but it was my first time to Lansing. And I can remember going to the small planet. No small planet mm-hmm. bar in East Lansing. Yep. And they had a back bar. Had a back bar. And this person, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> so I'm with a group of staffers, and, you know, I, I don't know if we'll get into it or not, but I was a little bit older. I flunked out of college and did some other things. And so I was older by the time I got here. So me and some staffers went to Small Planet. A bunch of staffers from the Capitol were going. And in the back, at that back bar was this cat in a, tie-dye t-shirt smoking a joint and i'm like who is that (laughs) who who is that guy and they go that's blankety blank he's a lobbyist here in lansing (laughs) and i I said i I want to be i want to be i want to be a lobbyist um so you know, heroes. <laughs> that's one of them who can't be named. Is he still a lobbyist? Oh yeah, he's a par- he's a partner. Oh he's boy, he's a partner in in at, a lo- at which firm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's narrow it down. Nice, n- nice try. <laughs> you need a lobby. Yeah, <laughs> you you may need a lobby, but you know, he he knows who he is, and he's he's welcome to come forward, but. <laughs> You know, I'll tell you, Matt, my my time at GCSI, I worked at GCSI twice. I went uh, from Emmons office, and then I left to go with McCotter to D.C., and then I came back when Nell Kuminich was sick. Both times I was there, Pat Laughlin was there. And uh, I just can't, I can't say enough about Pat Laughlin as a lobbyist and 
Um, you know, he, he got a bad rap sometimes on some things, but just as a person and a mentor and somebody that really spent time and explained and sometimes over-explained and over-explained, explained again. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I, I find myself today, years later, going back to a lot of lessons and and things that, that he taught me. But, you know, people were great to me when I was, as a young staffer, everybody knows it's, you, you, how about those people that treated you great when you were a young staffer? Mm-hmm. You know, not chief of staff. Right. When I was doing constituent work. Mm-hmm. Jack Shea, Dennis Munchmore. I mean, legends in this town. I can just tell you why, why they're legends. Because um, they were good to people, and they were good to me. And mm-hmm. so, so how did you get to? So Emmons' campaign was your first your first political job. Yeah. And so how did you get from flunking out of college and, <laughs> and to to doing that? You know, it's. Are you from up there? No, I was. Um, <laughs> I was born in Houston, Texas. Okay. And graduated from Conroe High School, a suburb north of 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 Houston. And uh, I got a football scholarship out of college. Um, flunked out of college. Um, went to work on a Shell Oil seismograph crew, oil and gas exploration. Did that for about three years, which brought me up to Michigan. We were based in Oklahoma okay. City, Oklahoma. Brought me up to Michigan. Um, you know, I just saw a lot of guys older than me that were really beat up and tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I called my dad and said, I want to go back to college. And, and he said, praise the Lord. <laughs> he said, praise the Lord. So we called my old school. I had like $1,300 in parking tickets <laughs> that, that, the old, that the old man had to, had to, had to clear out. And uh, I went into Central, and, you know, I don't want to drag the story out, but there was a, a, an admissions guy at Central that was younger than me uh, at the time. He was probably my age. Uh, still try to stay in touch with the guy. And uh, he looked at my transcript from Flunkin' Out in Texas and threw it in the trash can and said, start talking. And so I kind of, you know, told him that I majored in Budweiser and Leave it to Beaver <laughs> in first, my first round, in a little big Magnum PI minor. You know, Magnum was big back then. That'll, that'll date me on age. And, you know, at the end of the talk, the guy just said, you know, I've done this about five times, is let people in on what I call a flyer, and they've never worked out, and I'm going to give you a shot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transfer your hours. I'm going to give you a fresh 0.0, and I want you in this office every day. Um, so I got into Central. Um, you know, when you, you know, I hadn't been in, I really didn't know what college was. I didn't go to college, obviously, the first round. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you know, you go in the gym and you pick out the classes. I meet this instructor that's a political science person, and he kind of steers me towards political science and registers me for some things, ends up being a great mentor and great friend. Um, and Joanne Emmons was looking for an intern. Okay. Okay. I'm n- not been to college in forever. I've been working in the oil fields. My hair is down to here. <laughs> <laughs> and so I call this lady and, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I said, you know, yes, ma'am. I'm, I saw that you're looking for an internship. Well, come on over to Big Rapids, you know, come on over to the phone, farm and uh, <laughs> me and John will talk to you. So, you know, I don't have a suit. Oh, a suit, man. My hair's down to here. I roll into the J.C. Penney in Mount Pleasant, which had a barber shop and suits. <laughs> in, one, in one thing. Cut my hair, got in my 1982 Chevy short box pickup, drove over to, to Big Rapids, and she gave me the job. Don't know why. <laughs> don't, don't know why. Well, interns are cheap. And that's, again, back to my blessed. Yeah. It changed my life. It changed my life. And you knew at that point this was something you liked doing? No, not really. Not really. Um, After that internship, you know, like a year, I was still going to Central, and I would do parades with her, you know, the normal stuff. I wasn't doing it in her office. I didn't do anything. And uh, one day I was in the apartment smoking a joint. (laughs) <laughs> and the doorknob prepping for your future career yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was getting ready to graduate i had taken the LSAT I kind of planned to go back to Houston and uh, there's a knock on the door 
<laughs> I'm waving my hand. I'm getting the smoke out. If you, I open the door and it's Joanne and her husband. Unannounced. This is kind of before the cell phone days. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I open the door and uh, she comes in and just ignores the pot. Just mm-hmm. ignores the the whole thing. I don't, I don't know if she didn't know. Maybe you know. Maybe pretty smart lady though. And says John Engler's running for governor. She's running for Senate. And then that's how I got the campaign okay. manager job. So that was wow. the next uh, two years later of just doing parades and staying in touch. So it's a pretty good chance you were high for the first interview you had for your first campaign, your first campaign gig. <laughs> and you got the job. There's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt. I can still visualize that U.S. water pipe. Purple, you know. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I was. <laughs> Guilty. There you go. It works. It's legal now, Matt. In case you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're not keeping up on... No, I, know. I, was before, I, was I can barely my... see you across the room from the cloud in the room right now. I was, ahead of, my, <laughs> I was ahead of my time. It's always 420 somewhere. Yeah, I was ahead of my time. So yeah, we did the campaign and she won. It was it was a pretty contested primary. It was mm-hmm. you know, a lot of work. And So let me ask you a question. So yeah. you, you've been doing this for a while. Lobbyists... Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of tricky how you manage your relationships and how you um, what you say and who you say it to. Sure. Um, you've been very unafraid on your Facebook profile about your um, love of Donald Trump. How has that played out for you? You know, it's it's interesting. It it was, I think Stephanie. It came. It's kind of a it. My early support of Trump, which was when he came down the escalator when he yeah. announced it. That's when I started. I think everybody saw it as so much of a joke. Uh-huh. He wouldn't make it through the primary. So, you know, the early part of my support was usually jousting with Republicans that uh-huh. were supporting other, you know, other primary. Then he did win the, you know, he did become the nominee. And then... Then you knew you he, had to keep it up. You couldn't... But, well, not well, we. I had to keep it up. But, you know, Hillary was up 30 points. Yeah. It was still kind of a joke. So... Yeah. I think I had a little bit of insulation. I, I'm married to a Democrat. You may, mm-hmm. may or may not know that. I've well, mm-hmm. been, you know, happily happily married to a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your yard Sweetheart. sign wars were epic. Yeah, and, and you know, she that she was a little bit of my gauge. She thought it was funny. She bought me half of my Trump crap. My Trump <laughs> shit. Oh, it was all funny. It was all funny for the Republicans, you know, uh-huh. and the Democrats when Trump was plowing through the Rubio and the rest of them. And so, yeah, and then I was, I was in, Yeah, you know, uh-huh. I was already out in the middle of the lake. <laughs> so I just kind of kept it going. And I tell you that night of that he won, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect that. No, nobody did. Mm-hmm. My wife went to bed really happy and woke up really angry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm up still trying to watch him. So yeah, it's, and lately I've, yeah. I backed away from. I didn't get involved in any of the no, no, any no. of the recount, and you know, if you had asked me a question about him today, I'd give you a, a fair answer. I, yeah, but you haven't asked yet. So, <laughs> so, so <laughs> Tim so, Skubik would scold us. But yeah, yeah I hope that up. explains it. Is yeah, no, that's kind of how I took it um, on your Facebook page. But then, yeah, it was it was just kind of funny over the years and. And for people yeah. who did support him, it was it was kind of nice to have somebody, you know, somebody to kind of stand behind. Yeah, I did. I really, I, I stuck it out there. Yeah. Well, I, I think we went the last four seasons, five seasons without talking Donald Trump, but thanks, Steph. We, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the last person to mention him was Dawson Bell on like the third episode. <laughs> <laughs> He's hard to quit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he won't let you. You know, he just he won't let you. It doesn't surprise me that a Raiders fan would come in. And talk about Trump. Are you really a Raiders fan? He, he, I know we're not a visual medium. You know, He's a Raiders yeah, I have I have a Las Vegas Raiders Raiders hat on, and you know, yeah, I think so. I, you know, I grew up in Texas. I was an Oilers fan. I was in yeah, and the Raiders were an AFC oh, yeah. Oilers foe. So. You know, I always went with Earl Campbell and Bum Phillips and that bunch, but you know, I love the bad boys. Yeah. You know, the Ken Stabler, Ken Stabler and Casper, and you know, they were always kind of, you know, Al Davis was always creating problems for Just the win, for the NFL. So yeah, yeah I, I like kind of like their bad boy thing. What and position did you play? I, 
you know, it's funny. And as a junior in high school, I was a sleek 225 pounds, and I played fullback. Okay. Right. And then my uh, – in the wishbone, never right. carried the ball, yeah. ever touched well, the ball. high school football in Texas is big. Yeah, it is. Big deal. And I was at Friday a 5A school. I was okay. at a big school. I never touched the football. You know, <laughs> never, ever did they give a fullback in the wishbone the, the football. But then my uh, going into my senior year, my coaches said, "You're very slow. You're very, <laughs> very coordinated, and, and, and you're smoking all the time. <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put forty pounds on you and move you to offensive line." So I was a, a right tackle. Um, so where did you play? Where, where did you flunk out of? What college did you? Or was it? I pl- I got a full ride scholarship to Northwestern Louisiana State in okay. Natchitoches, Louisiana. I left there and went to Southwest Texas State, okay. which is now Texas State, thought, and plays Eastern. And plays Eastern this weekend okay. at okay. home. I'm going. Oh, cool. I'm gonna wear one of my half shirts. My <laughs> real tight. That, that's guaranteed to get you on TV. Medium, yeah. Wear yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the medium. The cameras will find you and go over there. So yeah, I went to Southwest Texas and flunked out. I got an extra semester. It was kind of nice. They. Back then, the computers really weren't rolling. They told me I was out. They sent me everything to re-enroll. I did. It took another one to drive the GPA down further. Well, they didn't have another right tackle. So. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, I was nowhere near starting. I, yeah, I was no. No. I was freshman, sophomore, out. Thanks for participating. So I, I do have another question, and that is, when are you going to quit your job so that Dyke can take your job? You know, and it's funny, Dyke has never been uh, shy about, <laughs> <laughs> about about telling me that. And, and I always tell him, which breaks his heart, and I'm going to say it today. My, you know, my dealers know it. I, I was never a car guy. I've never been a car guy. I was raised by Joe Berryman. That's my father, who it just pained him to buy a new car. We never had a Cadillac BM, you know. We were, you know, we were lower middle class anyway in Texas. But it pained him to buy a new car. Uh, we never had a really nice car. He thought power, anything power was the devil. You know, mm-hmm. power when it breaks. Mm-hmm. That's just something to break or go wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah, just crank that thing down. Um, but yeah, Dyke, yeah. I told Dyke, I'm not a car guy. And Dyke is such a car guy. Yeah. So the day may come. I'm playing uh, Powerball tomorrow. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah, you keep that up. You keep that up. But just to really put it in perspective, I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old, so possibly never yeah. <laughs> retire as long as the dealers. Yeah. But you know, yeah. So, um, so this is a family podcast, yeah. so you got to be nice. Okay. But tell us your best story, your best downtown Lansing capital crowd. Can't do it. You don't have to be nice. We. Yeah. Yeah. You can just you can just talk. I think Matt said he can put an explicit yeah. level on the we podcast. Can, yeah. We can beep stuff out. I just need to know if I'm allowed to let my kids listen or not. So. <laughs> uh, we'll figure that out in the next But minute. there has to I mean, you've been present for a lot of really random stuff. Yeah. And and, and I have some and they're all unsafe for work. You know, I could change some names. You know that <laughs> I well, and, and and you know, it, uh, well, unfortunate is it's not like I was a witness. I was a participant. <laughs> a, better, so, a better question would probably be, name a story that, about him. Oh, that yeah. Would be yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, tell yeah, us about Yeah, it's not you. like I witnessed anything. I was a participant, <laughs> you know? It, it, the, the, and you, everybody here knows this. The, the town's really changed. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've been here for, since 1990. You know, mm. January 91, I rolled in here. And you know it. You know legislators and staff used to go to Omar's all the time. He went to Omar's all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been kicked out of Omar's more times than I. You know, I, don't, I'm, I apologize to my wife and kids. <laughs> it hasn't been, in but a while. I, one of the reasons I'm doing this is so my kids have something. You know, they can look okay, back. Well, and go, yeah, my dad was just a. <laughs> my dad was a tool. What is the relationship? What I mean, the relationship between lawmakers and lobbyists. I mean. It's. I mean, this town's so, so weird right now. I it mean, is very. Strange. How do you? How do you? It's term limits. It's it's the pandemic too. But what's what do you think? What's your assessment of like the, the capital culture? You know, and I've never. I'm. I'm. Not, I've never been a guy like against. I wasn't against term limits. You know, I think term limits has probably served its purpose. But you know, and you know, this is a little cliche. You hear it all the time, but 
you know, your your dentist or your lawyer or the person that fixes your car or your grocery store that your local grocery store or whatever. Are you going to really change that somebody that you like? Are you going to change that person every six years just for the sake of change? Um, and, you know, that goes to building relationships that, you know, when I started, you know, term limits, what came, I started in 90, what term limits, 92, and mm-hmm. then started with the 94 elections. So I got to see a little bit of it both, of both. Um, yeah, it, you just lose those long-term relationships and people with knowledge of how the system works. And I think, you know, you talk, everybody focuses on the legislatures that have been term limited out, but there's been a lot of staff changes. I think staff jumps off uh, to take an association or lobbying job or to get out, you know, they, where's my boss going to be in four years? Mm-hmm. Uh, you see this every time the House comes up or the Senate comes up when a group's being term limited out. You know, where the sta- is staff going to go to the next legislature or do I need to find another job and get out? And I think that hurts the system. I think the staff is just as important um, as legislators. But the thing that I've noticed that seems like it's taken the next step is now lawmakers taking over staff jobs. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's that's uh, now great a point. Thing. Great now, point. Which yeah. which which never happened. Yeah. You know, it it never happened. So I you know, whether it's good or bad, I don't know. Um, but I think the the point of your question was that certainly has changed. Everybody used to go out together, you know, Democrats and Republicans. You know, the stuff that you fought during the day and, and did whatever. Well, you know, it when you everybody gets blasted, you're, everybody's friendly. Right? <laughs> you just forget what you, it's not. You're not still fighting. You forget what you're fighting over. So yeah, that's that's certainly changed the culture of this town. I think more legislators go home every night, or more, ba- more or probably back. more probably still should. Yeah, that's been in the news. I know where you're going with that, <laughs> and I hope you don't ask me a question. Uh, no. A couple, couple different places, but yeah, I there's 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 some great stories. I you know in in all of my years here. Only twice. I've been lobbying, and I've been in this town for you know thirty years now, going on thirty years this year. And like, you know, all the bad stories. I in all of my experiences, I've been shaken down for money twice. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say who those legislators were, but it's only happened twice. You know, most. I think most people that make the decision to run for these jobs are doing it for the right reasons, and. You know, I always go back to Joanne Emmons. She used to say, well, you know, people, you're hanging out with those lobbyists. And she would always say, well, if, if you think I'm going to be bribed for a hamburger or a steak, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so you, as long as you've been around, I'm sure you've been lobbying for what, 20 of those 30 some yeah. years? Yeah, 10 years with Emmons and then a little well, bit with that. I'm curious, the advice you would give a legislative staffer who wanted to be a lobbyist 20 years ago versus advice you would give them today. Same advice or it would be different? Do they come to young folks or legislative staff who want to get into your work? I mean, get their, get their stash at Sky Mint or... or yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, not so much Sky Mint. But. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, Sky Mint's fine. Sky Sorry if I'm offending Sky Mint. Or something. <laughs> um, it, it, I think it's... I always, and I learned this, some of this I learned working for Thad McCotter as a chief of staff, as a chief of staff in the Senate, and some from lobbying. It's kind of, and, you know, it's pie in the sky stuff, but don't chase the money. You know, the first $2,000 raise that you're going to get for another job, don't chase that. You know, kind of to get your specialization. You know, if you can do legislation for two more years, or maybe move over and do policy for a year, or go over to the political shops and, you know, broaden what you know. I think it helps in lobbying and and don't chase the money or the easy jobs. I think I've seen as times passed in those 20 years, people do jump, jump to job to job and they, you know, go after the dollar, you know, be a little patient and, and wait. That's good advice. Yes, it is. So the first time I really, I didn't meet you at this point. But the first time I think I, be, I think I knew your name because I came to Lansing in '97, 
And I think after, after Brendan and I got married, we moved into an apartment on Ionia Street. And one Christmas time, this big package arrives uh, that's addressed to Kurt Berryman. And I knew that... <laughs> <laughs> Don't be worried. It's not bad. <laughs> and... You, didn't, was, you didn't call the police, did you? I, I didn't. No, <laughs> I think it said perishable. So I'm like, but I didn't know how to find you. I just knew. I knew this. Like I knew the name. I'm like, I I don't know what to do with this. And so I opened it up. This is a gigantic pork piece of meat <laughs> from GCSI, your Christmas present. And I'm like, this is sweet. <laughs> Thanks, Kurt. I'm, we're gonna. I called my dad. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this meat? And he's like, because it, it was so big, it wouldn't fit in my freezer. I had to cut it in half and like freeze it in two halves. And so cut, we were there a couple years and got a couple of the GCSI, uh, whatever. I don't even know I, what it was. It was just huge. I, I, can, t- I can tell you a couple different stories on that from different sides. So <laughs> at, that t- at that time of my life, I live there. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, I was I, upstairs. You, we're not at the I, same time. I lived downstairs. I would have given it to you. But you, you were downstairs. I was upstairs. Boy, it's the six degrees of separation. It's the yeah. Kevin Bacon shit right here because – Selleck lived in that house. Selleck lived there when I lived there. I've got some good Selleck stories. <laughs> John Selleck, has he ever done this show? He was on, he's been on the show right, early well, on. Yeah, you, you can thank me, Selleck, for <laughs> for not talking. But John, John, you can say so I've I, been nervous for a week since Kurt actually Kurt got here a week early and for the, the taping and started rolling into his John Selleck stories. I'm like, oh my God. This podcast is this is gonna be the last episode of the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. What's going on? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Selling. We're in the clear you, so far. You buy so. me some chicken wings, selling. <laughs> oh, some chicken wings. But at that time, I was like Emmons chief of staff in GCSI. Every Christmas time, into session, lame duck or into session, sent out these big hunks of pork loins from Plath's Meats up by Alpina, famous butcher in Michigan, mm-hmm. and. It was like a badge of honor for a staffer or legislator to be on the GCSI pork list. <laughs> now, the irony of a multi-client firm sending legislators pork. and key staff 20 pounds of pork. <laughs> well, you know, this it all comes around. This is Pat Lachlan. That's yeah. Pat, La- Pat Lachlan's idea. Hey, let's send them pork. <laughs> let's send them pork and... So yeah, it, and you know Pat Pat would Pat had a whole thing you know around the holidays you know the wives and the, and people don't like cooking so we send them this pork right they just put it in the oven and it's you know he had a whole mm-hmm. he was like that with everything yeah. I mean there was a method behind the madness and so yeah thanks for stealing my pork for, yeah no for, sure I could have tried to find you but I I brought it to my family instead we had a, <laughs> had a <laughs> hey, it was good stuff wasn't it, it, was, it was yeah good. that was, was good, good stuff and I you know they, over the years they've changed. You know, one year they, I think now they give money to charity in the name of the clients or made a contribution to the yeah. human fund. The human fund. Yeah. <laughs> did you get a human fund card? No, I, I'd love one. That's what they did. They <laughs> wanted to have a human fund. How did you know that? That's well, a Seinfeld bit. Oh. Listen, it's what it said on the card. I thought they were, they were, were screwing with GCSI is really getting over on folks. <laughs> So Hawks is pocketing that money. Yeah, I, apparently. Me, okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, this has been fun. Thank you. I, is, an, is, an, is an hour gone? Oh, well, I don't know. We go until oh. we go. Oh, well, Anna's got a question. Anna's got right. a question. <laughs> well, I, was, I, was, I, I was really nervous. I was really nervous. Uh, like, when is the last time you talked to somebody for an hour? I, if you lobbied that way, you're dead. Right. You're not going to get anything done. So I, And I was telling a buddy... You know, I don't, how am I going to talk for an? What am I going to talk for an hour? And he goes, "Well, I I saw you talk to a stripper in Indianapolis <laughs> for in in two thousand and three for two. Why do you think they tossed you at Omar's? So you ought, to, you ought to be pretty good at that. If you were talking for two hours, I don't think you were doing it right. <laughs> no, you're right. Correct. 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 And so, Anna, just so you know, I, I know you're new to the podcast g- game here, but you don't need to sit in the corner and, and, and raise your hand. And you raise, told me co- to raise my hand. <laughs> you do say that. Just raise just, your hand if you have but, a question. But that's like to wave. Wave at me so I know you have a question. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Your question, I'm please. having too much fun. It's not over yet. Uh, speaking of politics, what are the politics like when you need to get a new car? How do you decide or does someone decide for you? 
You know, it's probably easier than you think. I have a nine-member board, and the deal part of my deal contract or whatever is they do pay for my automobile. And when the time comes to get a new auto, it's usually my board chairman. Mm, okay. What dealership that they sell? Hopefully, he's got several dealerships mm-hmm. under his. <laughs> but yeah, it's usually. Um, you know, the, probably the step back from that if it doesn't work out. Um, because we, you know, I, I represent all dealers, all makes and models, foreign, domestic. Um, usually I try to get American, mm-hmm. you know, for various political reasons and, you know, union built in Michigan and that. So sometimes I'll have to, you know, jump down. And But fortunately in the local area have R- Ralph Shaheen and, you know, Wes Lutz and Jackson. And so. How often know, do you get a new car? You know, it's it's not really determinative, but I, you know, like most people, I'll do a two or three year lease, okay, and then make the switch. You, you had that did. pretty sharp purple Jeep for a while. I did. Was that pre kids? Was that that's not yeah. probably a very pre. Yeah, pretty that cool was that was baby friendly car. Yeah, you know, I've I've had some some pretty wacky cars, several different colored Jeeps, and the Dodge Magnum, which why I had that thing, I don't know. That was just a really <laughs> strange half Batman looking. <laughs> it looked like a station wagon. Well, it had a Hemi, right? Yeah, that was, right, yeah. right. But, but yeah, you know, and I, the, for my own sake, as part of this podcast, I, you mentioned, you know, pre-kids. You know, cer- certainly the life-changing event for me was marrying my wife and I, I tell people, I tell her, she saved my life. You know, I was probably running really hot, <laughs> really hot about the time that we met. And she changed my life. And, you know, this morning I dropped off my five-year-old daughter at St. Gerard's in her Catholic outfit. And, I mean, that, you know, there was a time in this town where I would come to work after being two hours before I was out. You know, now I'm in bed at eight, <laughs> and dropping off a five-year-old at Saint Gerard. At, it's at been fun to watch. As someone who doesn't know you super well, and Same. I would without Facebook yeah. to know to, to know the stories of Kurt Berryman to see the, <laughs> but then like all of a sudden to see you get married and then have these two little kids and, and it's and I drive by your house all the time because on the way home and like I say, well, I was looking right, Kurt's house. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is really, really something. It's like. I don't know. It's it's been really. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I, I don't yeah. know how to say that. Yeah. Well, I, well again, I think <laughs> I think I started this was blessed. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, it. Yeah, but you're still a legend. You're still a legend. <laughs> still <laughs> a legend. <laughs> yeah. Three hundred pounds, sweaty legend wearing a Raiders cap. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Not to get into. I, we don't really do politics here, but do you know Kevin Rinky? The, the guy I do. who's running for governor? You I got do. a member who's running for, maybe it, running for governor. Yeah, well, and, well, he was a former dealer. Oh, okay. He probably hasn't been in a dealership in 20 years. He sold oh, okay. He sold to the uh, the Penske's, I believe. Okay. He sold the, to the Penske's. But everybody in here knows how this town works. Because he was a dealer 20 years ago, I get all the calls. Hey, what's your guy doing? What's your, you know, what, what's your, what? I, I don't, I've never met the kid. I, I have now. I have now. But prior to him being involved with, I've sat down with him twice now. Prior to that, I'd never, you know, he hadn't sold cars since I'd been doing dealer lobbying. Okay. Town's funny. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll get a call from some Democrats. Hey, what's your guy doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the guy. <laughs> Never met the guy. You should I, just say, I bet you want to know. I bet you want to know what he's doing. Yeah. But yeah. He's, he's wrote a $50 million check. He's ready to blow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's, inter- he's in. I have met with him now. He's very, he's interesting and I, I believe he's serious. Hmm. Um, well, that'll be interesting. Hopefully they get somebody serious at some point. <clears throat> So, um, thanks. Thank you. Oh, you don't have to do this for a whole hour. Thank but you. Anna, I should look to Anna. Are you waiting anymore? Any more questions? <laughs> no. You good? Joe? No, I'm good. This no. was smooth. This, this was, has been good. Yeah, this mm-hmm. was fun. So, it's been uh, Kurt Berryman uh, has been with us, the long sought-after guest. Got it out. Got it. So, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back.
was a that was a great great guest. <laughs> you like that, Carly? I so did. what do we do? We just talk about the person after they leave. That's what we do. Yeah. That's what we do. Don't you listen? Have to you listened to a single episode? Half <laughs> no. the time. Yeah, I so never we're back. Have. We just shoot the shit. So Kurt's gone, and now we talk about Kurt. Carly, what'd you think? I thought it was great. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how everyone else Speaking feels. For everyone else. <laughs> the Raiders hat was so on brand. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, so I, I'm, I think I mentioned this, but he he did show up a week early. Yeah. Um, he, I, Anna and Stephanie and I were here last Friday morning, and the door opens up, and I hear the matter. <laughs> and she literally says, yes. I'm like, who, who the hell is this? And he comes busting around the corner with his shirt that says Biggie on it. And you're like, hey, I'm here for the podcast. I'm like, you're a week early. And he goes, well, that's a first. So, yeah. So Kurt's, yeah, I've been trying to get him on here forever. And he was great. Yeah. That was, that was, a, that was a longtime member of Stephanie's wish list. Yeah. 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 You know, in town, there are people that you that you like or maybe you admire. And, you know, at least in our home, Dyke is a huge Kurt fan. Um, and he just has always sort of looked at him as because there is never those two men could not be more polar opposite. And so I think Dyke looks at him and thinks, I could I could loosen up a little <laughs> and, and then immediately rejects the idea. They could make movies about Kurt and Dyke like in a road trip across. It'd be the like country. Tommy Boy. Yeah. I think they've made that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more Tango and Cash. <laughs> I don't know. I can see it right now because Dyke won't fly. No. And Kurt represents the auto dealers. It's the perfect premise to them needing to get someplace. Yeah. Dude, I got a car. I can get you a car. <laughs> Let's go. Sounds like we need another movie trailer. We do. Joe? Yeah. Uh, I'm busy with other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this, this podcast is nothing if not transparent in our successes and our failures. Mm-hmm. So I think we should have just a brief look behind the curtain, the cold oatmeal curtain, and share with the readers what we, or the listeners. Readers of this <laughs> podcast, what we've saved, what we've saved them from. Yes, I think that would be would wise. it be good for because you've yeah. all you've you've this is why having a team is important because you've saved the listeners of and I, I say by you I, the people I'm looking at in the room have saved the listeners of the podcast of of a very bad idea. Oh. That, that most of your ideas are so good, but just this most? one was a flop. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. save, Carly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just this one. <laughs> Yeah, so we were gonna watch. We were gonna take this season, season five, or now a couple episodes, a couple episodes in. So we wanted to watch something that together as a group and then talk about it. Mainly because you guys talked about what, what was it, The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, we stand the around and talk about the Bachelor. Act like you don't know what it is. And well, Matt feels left like, out, but he won't watch it. I don't yeah. really feel he left refuses. out because I, I don't want to watch it. But so then he was like, "Let's all watch the Love Boat." And Carly said, what's the love boat? <laughs> <laughs> and we all watched episode one and said, maybe not. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it was what? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was good. Was that what you're going to say? I wasn't going to say good. It was just, it, you know, Steph, you and I are the old souls here in the room. Yes. Or, That's not true because I like old stuff too. It was a bad show. It's a bad TV show. No, I don't, it just wasn't I what I remember. It. I mean, that's the thing. I guess I as I, I was twelve when I think I watched it on reruns after school. But it was. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, it was also the pilot. Usually, pilots kind of suck. That's, that's true. true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does weather well, and yeah, but <laughs> it. There's something about being a kid and watching a show and you get that feeling and you think, oh, yeah, now I'm older. I'll watch the show and I'll feel the same way. And that is definitely not the case. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I think my, the, the, the <laughs> slapped me right in the face watching the intro. I've had the Love Boat theme song in my head for like a month now because we've been talking about this. But when you see all the picturesque footage in the opening montage of these you know, cruise, ship, cruise ships and everything, and then the very first scene is the the three of them standing in this clearly fake like railing in a studio someplace with a fake boat It felt them. like an SNL skit. It mm, did. It felt yeah. like it. <laughs> it's live from Saturday yeah. night. Yeah. Right. <laughs> love boat. Anyway. So it could have been that this could have been what you were subjected to folks us talking about the love boat. The we whole all, season we of all, it. Yeah. 
We all watch it. My boy Asher was watching it over my shoulders. I had it on, on headphones because I said, "Well, guys, I know." You let him watch this filth? No, <laughs> and I didn't because Sarah goes, "You know, we can just turn on the TV." I said, "Well, I don't know if it's appropriate for the boys. Like, I you know, I wasn't allowed to watch it on reruns when I was a kid." So I put my headphones on, and Asher comes up to me afterwards. He goes, "Daddy, was that funny? Because you didn't laugh once." <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think I laughed once either. Those jokes, they weren't designed to be funny. They were designed to be more of a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they yeah. had the laugh track, though. Yeah, they had the yeah. background laughter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although people must have laughed. I mean, that show was on for 10 years. My mom said she watched every single episode of that show. Well, there were three She's stations. Like, three stations. So. Yeah. That's yeah. all you had. Only had so many options. <laughs> yeah. I wish there could have been an episode with Kurt Berryman on the love boat. That would have been fun. I couldn't have aired that one. What's that? They couldn't have aired that one. Yeah, probably not. Anyway, yeah. so well, they could have been. Maybe we'll come back to it. So we'll, we'll keep listeners updated throughout the season on whether or not Matt ever folds and watches The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. You can skip to the end. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kurt Berryman was our guest on the Cold Oatmeal podcast. He was a, a thrill. Good to have him on, on the show. I've been trying to get him for a long time and lots of great stories, I'm sure. A lot of stories, I'm sure, that could have been told that that were kept in the vault. So did he tell you on his way out the door who the guy was in Omar's? He did not. It wasn't. It wasn't Omar. Small it was Small planet. planet. Oh, sorry, Small Planet. He didn't. No, he didn't. Shoot. I think we all know who it was. Next time. Do we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell me later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he did tell some of the stories in Matt's office last Friday at this time, though. Yes. Well, I was trying not to listen. The stories I was. Had my fingers crossed all week, we're not going to be <laughs> <laughs> challenging Joe with the edit, edit machine. But no, so that's it. Kurt's been our guest. It's been the Cold Oatmeal Podcast for Joe, Anna, Carly, Nick, Stephanie, and Nikki. Sorry. Do you forget my name? I did, I did for a brief <laughs> second. Heck? I was thinking about the love boat. <laughs> <laughs> it is Matt. We'll talk to you next time. 